Hello and welcome back to another exciting episode of Anime Tour Bus. It's me, your non-expert, Eric. And who's asking next to me, listener? Well, that's you. You were just telling me about the fact that you've never um, struck out with a, a significant other or, or, or a potential mate, um, which I found just astounding. I was, you are... You are a god uh, among us. Um, I myself have told many a story of all of my failures, uh, <clears throat> and and uh, Metzger, she's she she had some bad ones. <laughs> Metzger's up in front of the bus. She's our expert. What what did I do wrong? Well, we were me and the listener were just we were. We were talking about like the times that maybe we expressed interest in another person and, and they because uh, the listener is like super attractive. And so everyone they express uh, interest in is immediately like, uh, will you marry me? Uh, really, the listener has to fight off people with a stick um, or, or roll away from them in their adult heelys. But... So to just stop you where you're going right now, you do realize you have just called me incredibly ugly. No, 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 no. We've you and I. We are the the average people. We have both given and taken. We we have we have both been the person who expressed non interest and also been someone who expressed unrequited interest. I think my day to day life is expressing non interest. <laughs> Mesker, do you have a story about like a, a time when um you? I guess like expressed interest to a person and, and and it didn't go as planned. Only once. Which one was that one? That was like the, the high school boy. Oh, the high school boy that you, yeah. you said, Oh, Hey, I'm interested in you. And then years later, they're like, oh, I'm, I didn't know you were interested in. <laughs> yeah. And it's not, it's not that they weren't interested. They were super interested. They just didn't know that I was interested. I don't know. I, I feel like that happened a couple times and I just never picked up on it. Cause I assume no one ever has any interest in me ever. Um, <clears throat> but I never once just told someone you have a nice face. Like that's just never been it. And maybe that's to my detriment. Maybe it didn't work for, I mean, I, I think maybe if I had tried that, maybe with Kelsey, that might've worked. You oversimplify everything. There I am seated in math class. And I say, Kelsey, you have a nice face. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's going to go over terribly. I don't know if it if it goes into good conversation. If Kelsey looks at you and goes, "Hey Eric, what do you think my best feature is?" Then, you know, it's going to be a little bit more appropriate to say, yeah, I like I feel your like face. that's just a bad set of of words to say at another human. Like if I had said, "Hey, I think you're really pretty." In like the proper context and all that, maybe not necessarily in the middle of math class where we're trying to work on these problems, but like in the My right context. The teacher is like mid mid sentence. You just yell for the entire class to hear. Kelsey, I like your face. <laughs> There's a world where I did that. Uh, <laughs> the the infinite possibilities of things. There's a world where I I said that. We're married to this day. Um, no. Yeah, maybe maybe if I had had said something to her, that was always my problem. 
that like I would I would have this interest and maybe even express it to someone else, but the second the person of interest is like in front of me, I'm just like, I have nothing in my brain. I am invisible. I'm like water, like Bruce Lee taught us. <laughs> like, <laughs> anyways, I say all that because somebody in our episode did say, hey, you have a nice face. Yeah. So what is the best compliment you've ever been paid then? Me? Yeah. Okay, so once upon a time... Um, no, I don't I, need the context of it. I just need to know what's the, the nice... The context matter. It was out of nowhere, and I was I was on the first Tinder date with this girl, and I was weirdly helping her out with her like film homework and all that, and just out of nowhere, she said that I had lovely eyes. But the context of that was not necessary. You could have just said... It was out of nowhere. I wasn't ready. I was filming her. It was for her film class. It didn't matter. And then she told me I have lovely eyes. And that was yeah. on film. But that's not important. And it felt good to me. I felt I felt like to paint the picture properly required that. It just came from the east. I wasn't expecting it. Anyways, so Mesker, what's the what's the best compliment you've been given? I have been told that I look beautiful when I'm reading. That's pretty solid. That's a, that's the best compliment I have ever been paid. That's a good one. I was reading a magazine. Oh, that's a bad one. <laughs> it didn't well, matter. It's just sitting well, quietly. Jared, me in this men's health magazine. <laughs> we look beautiful together. It was still the best compliment I've ever been paid. That's fine. Listen, context does matter. And it's, I the, don't the, understand that, I, but it's how it makes you feel, right? It's like, the, it's the like moment. yeah, the context was very, like, at least this one had enough, like, my compliment had enough to it, to where the context was there. Could you imagine someone being like, you're beautiful when you, when you read, when you're, you're driving? Like bicycling at the moment? You're like, yeah. what are you saying to me? One could infer from the compliment in and of itself that I was reading. <laughs> like, thanks. Now let's continue forward on our hoverboards. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So, Sasaki is, they're, they're having a fun day, you know, running around and. It's the annual sports festival, the field day. And they take a second and they're, they're like, oh, hey, hey, this isn't Sasaki. He's like, is, is uh, Mia Chan's friend, and he's like, "Hey, would you like me to? I can. I'm getting a drink. I can. You can pay me back later." And it's like just a good friend move. Yes, he does that. But I totally liked the "Hey, you're pretty fast for a nerd." Yes, yes, that is a. You are pretty an fast indoor for kid. A nerd. Solid. Yeah, he goes. You're pretty fast for an indoor kid. And I like how he's later on like. Yeah, I'm not good in the sprints, but apparently I'm good at the long one, the 1500 meter one. Like, long distance. apparently I'm good at that. Humble brag. <laughs> it's not a humble brag because he's like, I mean, I guess no one's better than me. <laughs> I mean, that is a humble brag. He's like, I guess I'm pretty good at it. 
only in the purest form like the actual like he is humble and also a little bit bragging about that that thing. but he's not doing it with a big ego which is usually the connotation that a humble brag has so it ends up where him and Sasaki are off kind of in, in a corner by themselves and they have this moment where he they're talking about like hey i said a thing at, at like the start of summer and i meant it said i like you and it's now out in the open miano is denying that he has the feels and they're talking about boy love and then Miano starts to let his guard down and is like, oh my god, maybe I was overreacting with that I, with that whole I like you on the train thing. Yeah. As I have a flashback to like him whispering in his ear. Yeah, he's like, maybe I was overreacting. Maybe we can't just be friends and I'm not, like, I didn't hear that. Nobody heard that. We don't have to confront I it. We can, just, we can just let it go. And then he lets his guard down and he starts getting really excited that that overexcited way that we like to talk about our hobbies and our interests. And he starts gushing about boy love. And that just happens to hit the button for Sasaki. Right. There's that. Oh, he's excited again. My God, he's so fucking cute when he gets this way. And that's where he's like. I like you. I'm I'm not backing down. I'm not I'm not taking it back. You you got to know. I like you. You're going to deal with this. I like you and it's now on you. Well, he Sasaki seems like he is ready to be openly rejected. Is that the vibe you got from that as he sits there and yes. stares at him? He's yes. like He's like, "Okay, well I said it. Now it's time to get my feelings fucking hurt." Now or never, right? Like, at least we have finality. And Miano stutters, stammers, staggers, hesitates. This and mean that I have hope? <laughs> like, he looks up. Sasaki notices that wavering, though, and takes advantage of it by saying, you know what? Take some time. Think it over. You're, since you didn't immediately call me a slur and run away, that means that there's a chance. And then he fucks it up, Eric. He's like, okay, let me think about it. And then he thinks about it for like five seconds and then turns back around. What exactly do you like about me? Yeah, that's a real fucked up thing to do, isn't it? So I I understand Suzaki's feeling of like, oh, fuck, I'm being put on the spot. Pop quiz by the teacher. Like, oh, no. <laughs> His vision blurs, dude. Yeah, he's like, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, he's like, oh, fuck, man. I, I, you look like a girl. <laughs> Obviously not what he says. He obviously does not say, you look like a girl. He says, what we introed with, which is, I like your face. Yes, but unfortunately, that is Miano's... A point of contention for Miano. Biggest... Biggest self-image issue is that girly face. And wouldn't you happen to know it, while Sasaki didn't mean anything by it, Miano heard, 
I like you because you look like a girl. What he heard. You're that femboy that I always needed. Also what he heard. I think we're going to have some struggles later on with deciding who the top and who the bottom is. I mean, eat out of that for a second. <laughs> but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, me and Chan's still thinking about it. I mean, but us as the viewer know that one of them it's going to have to be the bottom. Maybe that's not how they play. They don't got to play that way. Do you think that that's Miano's character development? Is that he just becomes a top? To, he just learns to be a girl. Nope, he just becomes a top. <laughs> a very aggressive. We see like a fire in him. Well, he did that in a previous episode where he's like, he views himself as the top over Sasaki, even. Really? Yeah, you don't remember that part where he like he's beating his head into the bed and is like. I'm not gay, I'm not gay, I'm not gay, but also, what if I were gay and I topped Sasaki? But also, what if I were gay and I had this very specific image of sex with this very specific person? Well, I mean, it's easy to think about having sex with a very specific person when they're kind of, you know, openly being like, hey, I like you, and giving more of that horny gay manga. I mean... When you put it like that, what I said sounds a little bit sillier. <laughs> you sound a bit more, uh, yeah, reasonable. I love Sasaki. Sasaki is my favorite of the couple. Like, Miyano's fine. I like Sasaki. He's a good boy. He's a good, good boy. As Hirano shows up to be like, yo, you need to go, you need to go do your event. And he's like, I passed Miano on the way here. And did you hear what Sasaki said? That's it? He said, my Miachan? Oh, no, I didn't see that. <laughs> oh, oh, God. He's just being explicit with it now. <laughs> he's so cute. Fast forward to disciplinary committee meeting. And uh, Hirano doesn't understand that he breaks dress code. <laughs> he is like the head of the disciplinary committee and he forgets that he dyes his hair and that that's uh, against dress code and he's like you know we'll just have him write an apology note <laughs> yeah we'll just we'll just have them we don't want them to fuck up their hair having to dye it back and forth so much you know the hair dyeing rule it's a stupid rule nobody likes that rule I actually think it would be fine like dye, dye your hair don't get weird about it all a lot of Japanese schools are very into uniformity. They have a lot of dress code and requirements about like everyone. That. This is a place of learning, not a place for distractions, and no one is allowed to break that rule. Uh, they also base a lot of their stuff off of military uniforms. Really? Yeah. Miano is sick. He falls asleep in the disciplinary room. And Saki oh, shows up. Oh, Saki shows up. Good night. To get Hirano because the teacher needs him. And Hirano's like, yeah, but can you sit here and watch this dork? Make sure he doesn't make sure he's okay. Make sure he doesn't wake up alone. Sasaki loses it. He breaks it. He touches 
Miano's face because of the mask. It's like, oh, nobody's looking. They had just had like a discussion about like, oh, and they kissed through the mask. And then like literally 30 seconds later, he's in a mask because he's sick. Yeah, and they just had like a discussion about like, oh, and then in the in the manga there was you know this this person they kissed through the mask, and then they both got sick, and then the one took care of the other. We have a an awkward wake up, and Miano leaves, and Hirano is like, "Dude, what'd you do to him? He's been acting weird." And Saki's like, "I may have confessed my feelings and did a bad job." <laughs> I told him I liked him. Oops, 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 oops. So it's like, well, then, uh, just call him. Don't you have his number? Nope. Why would I have that? Yeah, I, uh, when he said that, I'm like, oh, he doesn't have his number? Like, even I was like, hmm. Ought to have his number. We call him from Hirano's phone number. And I. Saki is so precious. He's so cute. I love him. He hears He hears Miyano say Sasaki Senpai and like loses it on the phone and is like, I want to hear him say my name more. <laughs> and I'm like, how cute is that? These two boys are so wholesome. 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 They're two I don't I don't have anything. I don't have it. Nope. It's gone. Head full empty. Okay. <laughs> I was going to try and make a joke about whole milk or something. I didn't think it was going to work. So... There are two whole milk boys. <laughs> Fine, that's good. I got this. Whole milk boys. <laughs> It's truly stupid. It wasn't panning out in my brain, and it was like, just just leave it behind. Eric's like, no jokes left behind. <laughs> I George W. Bush every joke. And yes, I mean that in multiple ways. <laughs> what? Nuclear. Okay. Well, hey. Listener, um, if you have any hot takes about former President George W. Bush or uh, anything else that you would like to us about, you can talk to us on anime underscore bus on Twitter, anime tour bus on Instagram, and meyouandweeboo.wordpress.com. Check us out and, and interact with us. And if you act now, this cutlery set will be yours for only four easy payments of an undisclosed amount um hey Metzger let's talk about Vanitas do you know that Jun can fly yeah hey me <laughs> and it's such a powerful degree of flight that she doesn't even notice a entire human male on her back yeah that doesn't even throw off her balance a little bit She's just like, ah, here I am, paragliding over a castle, much akin to something you would do in a Far Cry game. And then just behind her, he's like, hey, what's going on? She's like, he's holy like, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> he's riding her like one of those birds rides a hippo. 
And then she throws him from, I'm going to ballpark it, about 2,000 feet in the air. And he lands on, on, his, on his delicate French shoes and then kind of spins around and is still, doesn't have any broken ankles. Okay, so I understand that this is super unrealistic and that's what you're trying to point out right now. But do you think all the snow on the roof helped or hurt? Okay, so when he when he landed, I was actually thinking about like, oh, maybe he's going to land in a snow pile. Oh, maybe somebody's going to catch him, something like that. There was maybe an inch and a half of snow on that roof. Yeah, the friction, man. Yeah, because everyone it, knows about snow's friction. Yeah, it doesn't. How good it doesn't, of a friction snow has. Exactly. That's what it it the lack of friction like oh because that's what (laughs) that's what if we just all landed on ice we would all be super fine you could drop me from fifteen thousand feet in the air literally like it's gotta it's gotta be at the correct angle so that way when you hit it like the lack of friction (laughs) i had a physics teacher named mr miller and he would be rolling over in his grave right now He's not even dead. He's alive, but he would get into a grave, roll over just out of like pain from what he must be like hearing from a distance from you. I mean, if they weren't super expensive and I also had like the room, I would probably get a coffin and just kind of lay in it. Roll around some. And that is everything you need to know about Metzger. That right there, you heard it. Listen, yeah, that. Just take that. Put that into a person. If you have like some putty, just take whatever that is. Mix it in with the putty. Make it into a person shape. That's Metz. I mean, you weren't surprised even a little bit, were you? No. Exactly. What is it? Your Final Fantasy uh, 14 character? The first time I saw it, I was like, that's a pure embodiment of Metzger. That's the platonic ideal of you. I did a really good job, didn't I? Yeah, super good. I did. I did a super good job of just making myself in a video game. Metzger, I I didn't tell you this earlier, but today, um, right before we started recording, I discovered that I have a uh, torn labrum that's going to prevent me from doing um, any type of pushing exercises, which includes like uh, bench press and things like that, for at Uh least uh, four to six weeks. Nothing Uh, but leg day. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm also going to do some back exercises, some shoulder stuff to try to make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm still training upper body some. But um, Okay, the I point felt... of this, how does this apply to... Well, right before we were doing this, I was um, watching videos and things like that about, you know, injuries and training them and just the sheer amount of things that can go wrong with any types of joints. Yet he turns his ankle, having fallen 2,000 feet from the sky, lands flawlessly not even Think a little it was 2000 feet it was 2000 feet it was not 2000 feet that's here which one of us has fallen out of an airplane it was not 2000 feet trust me i know my my feet my i can i can judge a castle from the sky I said what I wanted to. I can judge a castle from the sky. You can judge the distance between one castle and one hellfire witch. Yeah, no, I can. It doesn't take that many. Like, you can recognize, like, 2,000 versus 4,000 versus, like, 8,000. Like, it looks distinctly different. Um, And this is coming from a man who's accidentally landed in a bean field. I know my distance. (laughs) Not two thousand feet. 
it's it's two thousand feet in the air. Um, it's that's nothing. Two thousand feet is nothing. They won't even let you like skydive at less than four thousand feet. Like, and that's when you pull your chute immediately. Two thousand feet is nothing. Uh, two thousand feet is nothing. Yet his ankle integrity. That's fair, but it's it's more than okay. Listen, anything above like twenty feet. What about the actual fucking plot? Can we and- talk? Can we talk about memory blood? Anything above 20 feet's gonna fuck you up. And it's she jumped more than 20 feet in the air. You can't tell me that that castle, that would be the smallest castle in the world. 20 Fisher feet above Price. it. Fisher Price, Little Tyke's castle. He's <laughs> gotta shrink down, drink one of those Alice in Wonderland potions. Anyways, um. Speaking okay. of Alice in Wonderland potions, no, he's, no, he's poisoned. No way. Oops, you put something in my food. And rather than like a cake that makes you super small that where you can you can hide in like a teacup, um I- instead um he's like being dragged around by uh Jean Jacques. Um, Jean Jacques. And he's like, "Hey, I know that you can do this thing where you you, you know, can read people's memories from their blood." And then forces his own arms into that dude's mouth. He like cuts himself. Is like see into my past. To be fair, he's also a vampire. Jean Jacques yeah, yeah, yeah. is also a vampire. I feel like your threshold for like cutting yourself is a lot higher or lower when Cut when myself. you're a vampire. Like when you're a vampire, cutting yourself doesn't seem like a big deal anymore. It's just something that you do from time to time. You just kind of look down. And you're like, oh shit. Cut myself again. Cut myself. It's time to cut myself. What, what are we gonna? What are we gonna do? Go cut myself. No. Um. That's... Go feed my girlfriend. <laughs> I. Mm, mm. Well, I don't know, because like I teach knife fighting, and like one of the things you have to teach is don't be scared of the knife, because like people move differently when they're scared of the knife, and they'll move in a way that actually cuts them while trying to avoid cutting themselves. It's it's the dumbest thing in the world. But yeah, I've also I've also had knife training. Oh, okay. Cool, 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 cool. So, say all that. Well, did you have it in your professional career, Metzger? No, I took uh, martial arts for a very small portion of time. Okay. Well, that's cool. You had the one, probably, where they're like, if you do this exercise, you will never again fall in the snow. Or ice. And I, and I took Yu Wanru. That's that's one of the... Yu Wanru. That, isn't that a karate style? I don't remember. Um... I say all that to say, like, I'm not, I don't feel, like, scared of cutting. I've cut myself many a time. Matter of fact, right right now, my finger I got cut from where I was trying to clear off my snow. And I use this cool technique to, like, there's, like, you can take a wood piece and then, like, clear off. Okay, will you stop? (laughs) Will you stop? All of my anecdotes. Um... So anyways, I feel like I don't have a low low threshold for cutting. It just seemed un- forceful. And so he shoved his arm in his mouth. All, I think all the, the, blood. the most forceful part was the part where like he shoves his arm in his mouth, but then he also like taps Noe's jaw closed. Like, mm, nope, you're gonna you're gonna bite down. You're gonna get a mouthful. <laughs> and then Noe like falls into the blood ocean. Yep, all into the blood memories. And with that, 
uh, we get to see that Jean Jacques is actually the one the whole time. Ah, he's the beast. Oops. We have a Beauty and the Beast moment. Hell is old as time. <laughs> that song is still copyright. That's fine. Less than six seconds. Plus, no one could no one could challenge that what I did was an artistic interpretation. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So we have this moment where he's uh, revealed that he himself is to to protect her because there's this myth of like a beast. That might have not been true. I don't know. The Catholic um, Church was the monster the whole time. Yeah, it really it's an unsurprising tale. Um, so, <laughs> so with that, he's like, well, you want it darker, I'll be your beast. And then he's like, I need more power. Makes a deal with, with the bad d- demon monster. Gives him his true name. Becomes the big beast boy. And then gets promptly shot by his dad. Dad's pretty fucked up, man. He's like, you were a pain, a piece of shit as a vampire, and He's now like, you're you're actually useful if I kill you. <laughs> Which is a wild sentence. We can all agree. Yeah, and then Chloe's not gonna let that happen. So Chloe rushes out there to save Jean Jacques, who is a child at this point in the story, and is like running away to a cliff. And then Jun shows up the Hellfire Witch, and Chloe's like, oh my god, June, I'm so happy to see that you grew up well. Now, absolutely tear me asunder. Like, kill, kill, kill me. Destroy to... me. And what what ends up happening? Oh, she jumps off a cliff. Like, she changes her mind at the last second, and she's like, no, it's okay, I'll kill me. You don't have to do this. I'll do it. I have to do everything. <laughs> Gotta do everything around here. And that's when our terrible spirit shows up and is like, hey, aren't you bitter? Hey. Hey, don't you want revenge? You didn't do anything wrong. Have you ever thought, and this is just me running this past you, you ever thought about revenge? Yeah, did you ever think about, like, fuck them? Fuck the man. <laughs> Can you imagine the bad guy just being like, have you ever thought that about how much they could just like, you know, fuck off? <laughs> hey, I've, this is just me running an idea past you, but um fuck them like a lot. Like Yeah, did you maybe we should just like go cuss them out and throw like frosties in their face or something. Hey, you wanna go play like Chinese fire drill at McDonald's? <laughs> okay, well, you've shifted from uh, the evil bad guy here to, um, I guess, like a, a gothy group that's then going to later hang out at the nearby Denny's. I mean, I'm not upset about it. I mean, don't do that to people at drive throughs They're just working their fucking jobs. Don't be kind. Hey, listener, be, be kind. What else do we have? We have that reveal. Oh! Obviously, we have more. Sorry. <laughs> so then, in comes, in comes Vonitas, and like Vonitas is like musical. Haha! I'll give me my book back. And then Noe stopped him and was like, 
no, no, she did this over her own free will. And he was like, well, fuck, can't do anything about that. And then Noe's like, but I kind of, I got to see this through. And Bonnie Toss is like, aight, let's do it. And then runs in, is like, hey, could I? Yeah, it's a very cute moment. And he goes, hey, I need my book back. And then also, I will save you. And she's like, oh, the book's somewhere around here. You can, you can have it, whatever. Damn, I don't I didn't where. lose it. I just set it down. I couldn't get the jewel out, so, like, I got bored. <laughs> and uh, he's like, oh, okay. And then she, like, changes the fabric of reality. And she does it only to give the, the, the monster person a body. Yeah. Of which she can slay. She can, she says, in this form, even I could slay you. Yeah. As if for some reason she wasn't super fucking strong. She's already trying to make it sound like, you know, even me, little, little old me, little old Chloe. Chloe. Little, little Chloe could just take you right out. So it seems like this entire time she has been upset at the monster for giving Jean-Jacques this this power, this this like darkness that turns him into the wolf and then got him injured. Um, this this. Anger that she's kept silent as this thing has just been around her and then she's like, oh, yeah, I'll work with. Yeah. We'll change everything. We'll make it. And then immediate turnco on it. <laughs> it's just like, I time to fuck you up. I think Chloe is also upset because remember that? Remember the promise that she like gave up her true name for? It ended up creating this time loop. Like she's trapped in a prison of like this one night over and over and over again. Did you not pick up on that? I'm trying to piece together this time loop. So it seems like they're they're just like Remember the dudes thing. Yeah. They're where they show up. So this whole thing where he turns into the wolf and all that, and then the the scene where he is shot by his dad. Sorry. He gets shot by his dad. He he dies, she dives off the cliff. Just perpetual time loop on that. Is that what I'm gathering? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That was like when we were going for revenge. That was kind of uh, not what we were maybe thinking. But that's what we got. It was just like, you're going to repeat this cycle over and over again until you get the alternate machine working. And then you're going to erase this chunk of the world from existence. And it was like, oh, but. I'm actually just going to kill you. Which was a pretty good twist. Also, I would like to comment on the fact that I really enjoy the way with which they served us exposition. I love that the exposition was given to us through blood memory hiccups while Noe is trying to work off a of poison. Like he's getting delayed memories of Jean Jacques. As he's kind of running for his life. 
That seemed like a very good way to deliver the exposition to us. I I'm never unimpressed with this anime. This one's a a good one, and and personally my favorite this season. You were so hyped for boy love, and now you're just like, nope, it's still Vanitas. Well, Vanitas is like lesser boy love, uh, lack of a way to say it. Also, Vanitas does get jealous when Noe is like, oh, Jun's okay. Awesome. And it's like, what, are you not worried about me being okay? <laughs> he does. Uh, like yeah, punches him in the head. Um, yeah, no, it's um, it's a very nice anime. And I, I'm very into the action moments that then lead into the softer moments. And that friggin' twist, we were like, oh man, this this is just gonna be like the whole time. All we're doing is is following how we're gonna beat this girl. But so we, Astolfo reality, shows up. But in reality, it was never the girl the whole time. But Astolfo still still does show up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I wonder if each time when people are like respawned, if they like keep their memories and stuff. Oh, you want to talk about hell? That would be terrible. Today's actually, the day I get slapped by a wolf. Uh, that there's kind of a Stephen King short story that's akin to that, called "That Feeling That You Can Only Say What It Is in French," and is it is about this woman who is on a plane ride for her honeymoon. Not honeymoon. Um anniversary with her husband and i don't want to say any more even though by just bringing it up i kind of tell you sort of kind of what goes on but uh it's a really good like the whole plane ride for her is deja vu i mean i support that what's the name of it once more that that feeling you could only say what it is in french okay you know so deja vu yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's in it's in one of his collections of short stories, and I think it's from Everything's Eventual. That's a good title, also. Oh yeah, Everything's Eventual is a really good series of uh, Stephen King. I don't know if I actually feel that way because it's actually really good, or if I feel that way because I read it when I was like fifteen. I was gonna say like this is the way that I feel. Oh about no, the no, way. no! It's definitely got. It's got riding the bullet on it and 1408 in it. I watched the Langoliers as a kid, and I also have that kind of feeling. Like I'm not sure if this is good or if I was lunch at the Gotham Cafe. Yeah, can confirm that feeling. You can only say what it is in French. Is on everything's eventual. Well, just like that, everything is eventual here. Eventually. We run out of episodes <laughs> this week to talk about. Eventually, <laughs> we gotta stop the bus. Eventually, you're gonna listen to Horizon Adventures or Science Snacks just out of pure unbridled curiosity for whatever this dumb hair guy does. And eventually, listener, we have to say bye! Hey! Let me tell you about Autopsy Room 4. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Master.
I was gonna say Boner Town. 